Welcome back to Leaders of Consulting, the show that brings you interviews with experts in the trenches at the forefront of consulting, sharing their own perspectives, tips and resources they picked up along the way for your benefit. On this episode, we're joined by Mike King, who is a marketing technologist and consultant to Fortune 500 brands. He's also the founder and managing director of Rank, a full service digital marketing agency based in New York City. So Mike, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have a, another neighbor in the city on the show. So, Mike, why do we start off with a unique approach, tip, tool, or strategy that you think other people in consulting should probably know about that maybe they don't? Maybe something you picked up early on that you wish you might have known about earlier on during your career. Uh, for me, I think it really comes down to audience research. And that's not necessarily unique in general when we're talking about marketing, but it is unique to SEO. Because most people don't think about market segmentation and personas and things like that when they're talking about SEO. And it's something that we do that's really germane to our approach. And it's really allowed us to have higher level conversations with respect to not just the sales process, but also when we're doing the consulting that we do for our clients. So it's, it's far easier for a VP of marketing, a CMO to speak from that layer than speaking from like a keywords, linking and content perspective. Although ultimately what we end up doing is still very much that, but tying it to a more strategic focus has gone a long way for us to be very effective. Yeah, I love that. I think it's very easy to get into the technicalities of things, especially with SEO, but with a lot of other things, but bringing it back to kind of a human level and ultimately, you know, who's the audience of what we're, we're you know, we're putting out there. Right, because people are searching for, to fulfill some sort of need. And like people that do SEO, marketing practitioners of all types, they more say at that level of extract, at the <laughs> abstraction, you know, related to keywords and search volume, things like that. And the more you can put that in focus to speak about, like, we want these people to do a certain thing it's far easier for those upper level marketers to say, oh, here's how this fits in to what I'm trying to do, rather than thinking about you of just this like pure commodity level. So it's it's been super helpful for us specifically because we only really work with that enterprise layer of brands. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And and I know that during your career, like you've worked with some pretty well-known names in the SEO industry. I'm curious if you could point to anyone in particular who was a really big, had a big influence or a really big impact and maybe changed the way that you thought about things or approached the work that you do. Yeah, so I had this manager when I first worked at uh, Publicis, um, the agency, you know, their big network and what have you. And I worked uh, for one of their branches here in New York City. And I had a manager by the name of Tony Ethic, who was also like yourself, originally from the UK. And, um, you know, to this day, it's very much the person that changed how I look at what I do dramatically. And, and you know, this whole idea of audience segmentation and so on was something that was introduced to me by him. And so he kind of gave me the the general framework of like, here's how you could use this. And then I built it out more tactically to have it be very much an offering um, that we use. And so, you know, in my marketing career, he's the single person I've learned the most from. And the learnings I got from him have like reverberated across my career. 
And I only worked for him for like six months, like <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah. So that just goes to show you, you know, how impactful it was uh, to work with him. Yeah, amazing. I love that. And I'm curious, like, if we uh, if we also think about, you know, a, a book that you found paradigm changing or also influenced the way that you, you know, you think about your approach to profession or your career. Yeah, I would say uh, Content Strategy for the Web by Christina Halverson. And, you know, there, there's always been an overlap between SEO and content strategy. And we would all say like, yeah, we're doing content strategy. But like, I didn't really know what that was. You know, I didn't understand it as a discipline until I read that book. And that really helped me understand, you know, frankly, just like what are the components of content strategy? And then I was able to extrapolate from that to really bring that into the offering because in the marketing world, there's a lot of people that do content marketing, but they don't necessarily do content strategy. Like they're not building systems, workflows, governance models, and so on. They're just building things. And what I find is that, you know, because they're just like, oh, cool, let's make an infographic, let's make a video, let's make it interactive. They feel like they've done enough, but, uh, you know, just coming up with cool ideas doesn't get it pushed through in an organization. And it really comes down to, those workflows and those governance models that you've got to put in place and work with teams to adjust to actually make content happen effectively. So I'd say that book dramatically changed how I look at things and allowed me to come up with new approaches to make both SEO and the content efforts that we were doing work better. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And, and if we switch the focus to sort of the clients that you serve and would you say there are certain characteristics of clients that you work with best, like that you see? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I would say uh, the clients that we work with best do have an internal counterpart for whatever it is that we want to do. So if you're coming to me and you're like, hey, we want to do SEO, we want to do content strategy, we want to do machine learning projects, and you don't have a person that owns those internally, it's always far more difficult for us to get something done because of the fact that, you know, it, it just takes a lot more teaching and, and, and evangelizing across the organization for this stuff to happen. Now, if you're asking me, like, what are some of the features of these organizations? You know, it's typically a company that has at least, you know, 10,000 employees or at least making 100 million in revenue. Um and again, they have internal staff that align with what we, what we do. Even if it's only one person that does SEO on their team that can interface with us, it's far better than the one they have. They don't have anybody unless they're doing an engagement where we're on site. And we've done this with clients a few times where like, we effectively acted as their internal team. And so we have the same power of an internal team. So we can commit code. We can, you know, we have like direct access to, uh, VPN and things like that. But, you know, it really comes down to them having counterparts for us that we can interface with that can actually push things through. Yeah, this is obviously very relevant working with larger enterprise organizations where there's all these extra challenges that come with that. I, I'm really interested in that first point you made about having internal stakeholders that understand the problem that you're trying to solve um, mm -hmm. and they're sort of aligned with you. Um, it also makes me think of, um, there's a saying where, where people say, well, are you solving for a knowledge gap or an efficiency gap? 
Mm-hmm. And when you don't have people who understand what you're doing, like it's the knowledge gap that you're trying to, you're, you have to educate people. And that's a much harder thing to solve for than actually it's like, no, we just need someone to do this thing and do it well or, or help us do it better. Would you, is that something that you would, I mean, feel free to push back on that because I know as like coming from a strategy mindset, you might see that completely differently. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that binary, mm. um, but I agree that it's harder to solve for the knowledge gap because they don't know who needs to be involved when there's that knowledge gap. And so, you know, if we don't know who to talk to because no one has attempted anything before, it may be months of us just like figuring out who we talk to. Hmm. Both of those things can be problems, but I think more often than not, we are brought in to solve both problems rather than just one or the other. And to that point, I think that the efficiency thing doesn't necessarily require an agency. It probably just requires a couple more people internally if that knowledge is already there. And there's a lot of teams that we work with that have awesome internal teams. And so in those cases, they may come to us and say like, hey, do you know a way to do this better than what we're doing? So in that case, it is both an efficiency and a knowledge gap. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's as binary as being one or the other. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also curious, like, you know, that skill set of being able to figure out who are the people, the stakeholders that you should be talking to. It's, it's something that some people have, or some people are able to acquire much more naturally than others. I'm curious, like, is that a skill set that you found yourself developing? I think back to, um, uh, I remember a project I worked on a client project where there was a chap who he could not put a spreadsheet together. <laughs> like he was, he was hopeless technically, but he knew how all the systems work f- from a very high level. And he knew every single person in the company and he was indispensable to that organization. You know, I see people like that. And I'm like, wow, you know, there's, that's something to learn from. Yeah. I mean, people like that, those are the, the people the glue for those sorts of organizations, even though they may not be so like process driven or documentation driven, which is why they keep their jobs. Yeah. Um, but I do agree with you that if you're a consultant, you get very good at figuring out like, how does this organization work? Uh, who do I need to talk to? Typically, it's these five people. So you start to suss that out as early as your discovery call. So that you start to know like, okay, who do I need to go to to make this happen? And also just to, you know, kind of reinforce your relationship across the organization, you should be thinking uh, horizontally about who you're dealing with. Like you can't, you can't just have your key uh, point of contact be the only person you deal with because that person gets fired or they leave Mm. and someone else's news is going to come in and they're going to get rid of you. So it's very important that you, are figuring out, okay, who are all the key stakeholders here so that you can be more sticky across the organization. That's also how you cross-sell, upsell, things like that. But in order to get things done, you do need to talk to a lot of people. And so, like I'm saying, like the more you do this, the more you're like, okay, well, this is an e-commerce shop. Typically, there is a product manager that I need to know and also a VP of product and you know, who's doing things on the merchandising side, like you get a sense of these things based on the type of organization that you're dealing with. And then as you think through, like, how do we get more sticky, you kind of create these organizational maps. And so 
the hard way to do this is like, okay, let's go through LinkedIn, who's connected to who, mm. go through things like Zoom info, who reports to who and things like that. But the easier way to do it is just ask, you know, like when you're you're dealing with these people, like, okay, who do you go to for this? Can I get the intro? And you got to do that sort of internal networking in order to be more effective at these organizations. Yeah. Essentially greasing the wheels internally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And if we kind of go back to like, okay, so your, your, your typical clients that you work with, you know, at these larger sort of organizations, do you see, are there typical sort of challenges they face that, that just keep rearing their heads or misconceptions and mistakes that keep coming up time and time again? Yeah, I think a lot of the, the problems come from a lack of knowledge. So a lot of people that do SEO, but SEO isn't in their title, they may have taken like an SEO course 10 years ago. Mm. And so their thinking is like, yeah, we need to do the SEO content. And then we got to, you know, buy links or whatever, like they, they'll just have outdated information. And it's not necessarily, you know, their fault. They're roles have changed and they've got a lot more on their plate. So they're not keeping up with how SEO changes. So they may have been people that were giving out bad information, or it could be that, you know, things have changed so much and then they don't know where to start because so many things have changed. So again, there is that knowledge gap that we're talking about. And then there's the aspect of like, they just can't get things done because you know, a lot of organizations do things by committee and they can't get on the same page about something. And really what they need is a forceful voice to come in and say, here's how we're doing this. Let's get on board with this and move forward on it. I would say that part is probably the biggest problem that I see most often, uh, just because, you know, there's just so many people trying to, so many cooks in the kitchen and then, you know, no food is ever actually getting done. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and, and obviously, you know, SEO is, is your realm. And so I know you, you probably live this day in day out, but for someone who's really on the outside and they have a vague understanding of SEO, do you see any like big trends or where like directions that the industry's moving in that you think people should be aware of in general? Honestly, not really because SEO hasn't had a lot of dramatic shifts since the mid, you know, 2010s. How do you say that? Teens, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, when they had like the Panda algorithm update come out, basically you, you had to actually make good content that people want. The Penguin update came out and you had to stop building terrible links. These were paradigm shifts for SEO. Now it's far more specific, right? Like it's more about, how do you create very specific content for your niches related to specific audiences and things like that? Because that's where Google's headed. So it's not so much like, hey, here's the one thing that you do across all SEO anymore. It's just becoming far more verticalized in what you need to do. So I guess that is the trend that is not really a one size fits all approach anymore. Mm. Interesting. And, you know, what, one thing I, I've been that's been top of mind for me, or at least has come to my attention, is that, you know, nowadays you have all these sort of tools that allow you to spin up content. 
I guess it's mm. like another iteration. It used to have those content spinners, but now mm. it's all kind of the artificial intelligence has got better and better. So oftentimes it's hard to tell if something's been written by a human or not. Uh, and then there are all these tools that will, you know, that will sort of pull in, okay, here, here are all the, you know, for this particular term, here are all the articles that are ranking, what the, the headers and, you know, we'll just like, you know, splurge together. And those pages, it, yeah. it feels like con- this sort of content creation machine that's kind of on steroids. Surely mm-hmm. that must have uh, some impact on. on so, SEO, no? yeah, actually you have a lot of thoughts about natural language generation. And in fact, I believe in the near future, we're going to get to a point where it's like, here are my target keywords, generate me the perfect piece of content with respect to my business goals, the optimization opportunities and so on. I believe we're not too far from that. I don't look at that as an SEO trend. I look at that as a technological trend. Yeah. And at the same time, these are technologies that Google invented that we're all just running with. Mm. And so I do believe that this is going to be something that uh, certainly impacts search, but it's going to impact the entirety of the internet. You know, like social media, of course, like when a brand can generate all the content all the time and is in, in your face at all times, how do we sort that out? Like, how do we, you know, separate the the uh, the bad stuff from the good stuff? Like, how do you actually get visibility on things that, you know, you actually want to see? So again, I don't think this is an SEO issue. I think it's an everything issue. Hmm. And I think this issue is gonna, you know, go beyond text content. It's gonna also speak to, and I think it's a big problem for like entertainment, right? Like, you think about the idea of a movie star, like how many bona fide movie stars do we have left? Like how many Tom Cruises, Leonardo DiCaprio's do we have left? And the difficulty for movie studios is that they're limited to how many movies does Tom Cruise want to make, right? Well, we're at a point where we can generate actors if we wanted. You know, we could make a full film without an actual actor being in it. And I'm not just talking about like your standard CGI, like you could invent a person and have them have social media accounts and then put them in movies and so on and so forth. And again, it becomes infinitely scalable at that point. So that is more of like, I don't know, existential problem than just like an SEO problem. You know what I'm saying? So I think that we're, we're going to come to a point in content where you're just going to have way too much. And then how do we sort through that? And that's going to be a Google problem. That's going to be a Facebook problem. That's going to be an Amazon problem. So again, I think that's bigger than just SEO as far as a trend that we have to account for. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Makes you think, you know, is it, is it a question of, uh, do we need people like Elon Musk to save us from, uh, artificial intelligence going haywire or do we not need Elon Musk? <laughs> Or people like that. I mean, I I think I think we the first thing we need to do is just be clear about what this metaverse thing is. Like we keep calling it that, but like effectively we're building the matrix. So, (laughs) you know, like if if we're gonna sit around and act like this is gonna be something amazing for humankind when we're seeing that like social media is pretty terrible for humankind, let's just be clear on what we're building. And so just bringing all that back to consulting, you know, at, at the end of the day. Brands come to us because they want to solve these problems. But I think that we don't have enough opportunity to come to the table to solve it in a more big picture way. 
And it's really like the management consultants that get the seat at the table to do that. But I think that the more that we kind of edge our way into that, because it's those channels that we operate in that are going to have a direct impact on these bigger pictures, the more we can actually make adjustments to that and, um, one, make more money as consultants, and two, uh, you know, just have a bigger impact on what human behavior is going to be moving forward. Because if you think about you know, what advertising and marketing does, like it's the reason why we have coffee breaks. It's the reason why uh, people buy engagement rings. You know, we can go on and on on that list. And so the consultant has the opportunity to really have a voice in that conversation, the more that they're able to like zoom out and connect what they're doing to that bigger picture. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I like that. And uh, and just thinking of, I, I know you, I've, I know you've previously mentioned how uh, there have been instances where, you know, you're working with a team, maybe it's some sort of project or website or something that's built, put together. And then what someone says, okay, now it's your turn to come along with the magic wand and go SEO. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry Um, in my early life. Yeah. So for, for people who are maybe involved in an organization where let's say that the, the knowledge of the right way to approach SEO is maybe let's say a little bit more rudimentary. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are just some basic like first steps to like fully understanding how people should you know approaching it? If that conversation comes up, like educate yeah. us, you know, in terms of. I mean, you said it like that's where it starts is that education. So I'll give you the example of when I worked at Publicis and. It really came down to me having like a session with everyone and being like, here's what SEO is. Here's what we do. Here's how I do it. Here's how it relates to your own KPIs. Mm. Let's have some talks about like how I can help you. Because like you said, it was very much like, hey, this project is going out tomorrow. Mike, can you press the SEO button? And it's like, yo, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> you know. And so the more that we're able to be baked in early, the more we can actually have an impact on this project. And, you know, especially if you work in an organization like an ad agency, like Publicis is, you know, it's going to be the the creative that drives everything. And again, you just kind of have to fit into that. But, you know, the way it works better is if the strategy drives the creative. And that's never going to happen in an ad agency. However, if you work in-house, you may have more of an opportunity, especially if you're very keyed in on what the KPIs need to be. So, you know, if you, if someone, you go to someone and their KPIs is just like, okay, we need to drive more traffic to this thing that we're making so that we can, you know, have the downstream impact of X number of conversions or whatever. Well, you come to them and you say, okay, well, based on where you're trying to go, if we target these keywords and they have this search volume and we get a CTR of X and then, you know, average order value of Y, you can show them how SEO gets you there. So you give them the numbers first and you say, here's a series of tactics that we need to do in order to make this happen. So that's a far more compelling way to get people on board than just saying like, yo, I need to do some metadata and some links so that we rank better. Like that doesn't matter to anybody until you can actually show them what that value looks like. And like anything else, you got to do the crawl, walk, run type thing. So you know, kind of jump in on small projects, show that impact. And then once you show how you have that ability to impact 
people's KPIs, they're going to be more bought in. They're going to bring you in earlier. They're going to be like, cool, how do we get this done? Because that SEO thing was magic when we actually did it the right way. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing, you know, a lot of the time it's, it's easy for people and organizations to have a little bit of tunnel vision, uh, mm -hmm. not realize that actually there's a lot more they could be leveraging if they were more aware of it in cases like that. Great. So Mike, um, this has been a, a very enlightening conversation. I'd love for you to just let people know uh, where they can find out more about the work that you do, you know, your company, IPOL Rank. How can people connect with you online? Sure. Um, IPOLrank.com. That's where we're sharing all our thought leadership and all of that. I'm also on Twitter, IPOL Rank. I'm on Instagram also at IPOL Rank. So those are the main places to find me. Um, yeah, you can start there. We've got a lot of content, eBooks, things like that. All these thoughts are expanded upon in great detail. Excellent. Thanks so much, Mike. It's been great having you on. Thanks for having me, Jonathan.